suspensions, all-star voting controversies already. Another fun week in baseball. Welcome to the Stew Pod. I'm Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Swick. Chris, how many Royals fans are up in your mentions uh, telling you you suck? Uh, not as many as I expected, surprisingly. But that will only get worse in time. Yeah, man. It seems like it seemed like they were, they were going after you. They were People were judging up my old tweets from last year about the Royals and, and acting like it was something something I said this year. Like, I hadn't even said nothing about the Royals this year, guys. That's true. That's Chris. Chris is on that one. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about the All-Star, all-star voting. Uh, we're going to talk about Marlon Bird getting busted for PEDs. Uh, we have Mark Melanson from the Pirates joining us this week on the show, which is fun. We got a little bit of, uh, we got a little like baseball nerdy with him, didn't we? He was good. I think so, yeah. And I feel like, maybe you can correct me here, but... Was he our first closer? I think I think he has been our first closer. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Chris was Chris was excited about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, bad news, Ramen, join us, and uh, I think we're gonna have some fun in the important question segment. Chris is as as people who follow his brand know, <laughs> a big big Guy Fieri fan, and uh, I went to a Guy Fieri restaurant last weekend, so we're gonna talk all about that. I think. Yeah, I don't. Good I don't know much about it. You just sent me yeah. pictures, and that's yeah. all I know uh, going. I've been, in. been saving all the good stuff for the podcast, man. I figured. Yeah. So Marlon Bird got busted. Um, I, I think for 162 games, let's also add that because it was the second time. Um, I, I I just thought of this right now. If we would have had a PED pool, like he's a guy I would have picked, right? I mean, he seems like oh yeah, that that guy could get busted for PEDs. Yeah, I think well he he fits the the mark in a lot of ways. It's typically. These guys who are kind of fringe major leaguers looking to get an upper hand so they can get one more big contract. And I think we kind of saw that with like Chris Colabello, who had a big time surprising year. He was out of baseball before that. Um, and he all of a sudden is hitting 312 or whatever he hit last season. So I just feel like you, you add in, what is Bird, 37 or 39 30, or something? 38. 38, yeah. I, I was right in the middle there. Um, yeah, and you add in his age and the fact that he was kind of hanging on and it was clearly towards the end of his career, and it definitely makes sense why he would would use. I mean, there are clear advantages for him. And had one of his best seasons, like, after he got busted the first time, came back at, like, age 36 and had, like, one of his best seasons, which you're like... I don't know, man. You don't got to be Encyclopedia Brown to look at that and be like, hmm. But I, I also, I guess it's worth noting that while the advantage of it is making millions, which is kind of awesome in his case, a pretty big, uh, pretty big reason to do it, the disadvantage now is his career is essentially over because there's no way, right? There's no way that anyone's picking up Marlon Bird at this point. Yeah, but I mean, he was on a one-year contract for $1 million anyway, so... I mean, his True. contract was, was, I mean, his career was pretty much almost over. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like he had another big contract ahead of him. Um, his big contract was his $16 million contract. So, I mean, if you're in his, his shoes, I don't know, I guess it makes sense. But I, I did think, I do think we, at some point, not today, because we got to prepare for it and we got to get other people involved, but I think doing a PED pool would be fun. I mean, sort of like a celebrity death pool or something where we just, you know, we all, we all kind of do a, a pick of who's going to get busted for PEDs since it seems like there's been a lot this year. Um, I think I think that could be fun. That's true. Uh, okay, I have a question for you because every time this happens, uh, we get people commenting or coming at us on Twitter who want any player who tests positive to have their contract voided. Yeah. 
what what's your take on that no you can't do that I, I actually talked about this i did a video recently one of my open mic videos about this and i don't think that you can you can just void contracts uh because there's two reasons i think one i mean a union is never going to go for it you know, right never had it. but two somebody else would be lined up to give them another contract if they're a good player you know in marlon bird's case you know again right now he's on a one-year one million dollar contract so like whatever um you can't go back and be like, all right, Marlon Bird, give us those $16 million you had from the last two seasons. Like, that's not going to happen. But if, in the case of, like, D. Gordon, you know, if, if they voided his contract, the second he came back... Yeah, someone's picking him up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whoever's going to be like, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll give you that money you were getting. We'll give you that those, that $50 million or whatever it is, or 83 or I don't, I don't know, I forgot what his contract was. But, you know, someone else will do it. So it, it's not like there's going to be this... You know, all right, you're you're blackballed from baseball now. You can't get paid anymore. Um, if anything, so when I talked about this, I thought maybe the difference would be, you know, if you institute sort of a a, a parole type thing where you you know when you come back, you don't get your salary back right away. You have to like play for the minimum for like a year, and you have to go through like a set of, of tests, and then you know afterwards, then you can kind of work your way back to having your own contract. Um, and that probably has its own number of pitfalls too, but I think at least it's it's something more in the middle. I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I hate the idea of um, the the team owner benefiting when a player that they signed tests positive for, for PEDs. That when, kind of bothers me. When they also me. benefited from, in theory, that yeah. person using PEDs. Right. They're, they're not going to vacate those wins. So then suddenly if Marlon Bird tests positive for PEDs um, – the owner just gets eight million dollars back. I don't. I don't like that idea. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't get busted, hey, it doesn't hurt us. Yeah, like you know? oh, great, keep hitting three forty or whatever. Yeah. I, Marlon Bird probably wasn't hitting three forty. I I will. I think he was admit, hitting like two seventy five. Yeah, like I'll admit I haven't looked intently at Marlon Bird's stats in he a while. For the Indians, man, that's your so. team. Where you at? <laughs> so uh, I'll I'll feign some ignorance there, but uh, yeah, I I just don't like the idea, and I do think. There are clearly better ways to do it. I'm just not entirely sure what what those are. I mean, you you had a suggestion, so you're clearly ahead of me in that sense. I I don't even have a suggestion. But it's a, it's, an, it's an interesting proposition because you know we but we see it in all stages. So in D Gordon's case, it was like he had just signed his contract two months before. So I think it was a little more of a of an issue. Marlon Bird, like uh, you're you know you made I don't know whatever part of a million dollars for the first couple months so what is you know a couple hundred thousand um i mean he's not going to get paid the rest of his salary anyway it's only a one-year deal right so you know i think he's kind of a different case like yeah vo- yeah avoid his contract fine i mean it's going to be voided by baseball anyway so um but marlin bird not an all-star let's talk about the all-star all-star voting uh just briefly we've kind of talked a lot about this on the site but um royals fans of course are doing royals fan things already uh it seems like like i mentioned uh, Cubs fans are, as I wrote yesterday, trying to get in on the Royals' action in the sense of wanting to vote in their entire team. Basically, yeah. uh, you know, I think with the exception of three starters, they're all they're all Cubs. So I went through, and you know, there wasn't anybody too egregious. Um, Addison Russell's leading his position; he probably shouldn't. Anthony Rizzo is is leading at first base, and you know, you'd probably you could probably make a case for for Goldschmidt over him, but it's not not horrible. Um, Zobrist and Fowler absolutely deserve it. Uh, Chris Bryant, I think, is is right there. I mean, mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado is really good too, so you can't really go wrong with either of those guys. 
Um, but I, the, one of the, the conversation points I saw is like, okay, well now Cubs fans need to get, you know, vilified the way Royals fans do, or Royals fans were. What do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to work through this, and I'm hoping that you will help me do that right now. So, I mean, overall, I don't really care. It's, it's a voting thing, and as people often tell us, it, it's a pop, it was always a popularity contest. Yeah. At the same time, it, it's not the same, right? Because it was a popularity contest when, like, Jeter kept getting voted in, even though his numbers were awful. But Jeter was a Major League Baseball icon, so... In that sense, you at least understood it. Omar Infante, you know, not not really the most popular guy in the world, and is somehow at second base in in his position. So there's some difference there. I mean, you can't. Yeah. I don't know. You can't just cry. It's a popularity contest, but then suddenly that means Omar Infante is gonna like. Omar Infante is popular with no one outside the Kansas City region. I think Sorry. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of popularity contest. You know, like, I think it's the internet popularity contest, which is to say it's now handled with the same type of voting that that would get Sanjaya, you know, going on American <laughs> Idol for all these weeks because it's just sort of a, a, a dumb thing that people are getting behind. And, and, and why not? Of course we, we can do this. Anybody can do this. And blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I mean, technically, yes. You know, that's fine. I think where it gets egregious is, is the, the Omar Infante case. And, and this year, I mean, obviously, I don't think he deserves to be ahead of Robinson Cano. But last year, you know, he was like one of the worst hitters in baseball. And, and you know, right. they, they almost had him as a starter. Um, the Cubs right now, this is why I say it's not the same for the Cubs at the moment. The Cubs don't have anybody who is, you know, particularly just blatantly, horribly egregious that, that yeah. they're voting in. Um, Jason Hayward is number four. Jorge, Jorge, excuse me, Jorge Soler is number six. If either of those guys get in the top three, then then we start to have that conversation because neither of them are, are playing like all-stars. And there's plenty of guys in the National League, um, I would say namely Marcelo Zuna, who deserves it and isn't even in the conversation at this point in terms of the, the votes. Um, you know, So if those guys get in there, th- then we start having that conversation. But you know, I, don't, I don't have a problem with Dexter Fowler. I don't have a problem with Ben Zobrist. Uh, Addison Russell, like I said, is, is you know probably not, doesn't deserve to be number one. Um, to me, it comes down to the idea that the Cubs are pretty much in the same place the Royals were last year. Best team in baseball by far. Uh, you know, obviously deserve to be represented at the All-Star game. But you get to the point where you just, like, take it too far, you know, when you become the habitual line stepper, which I think the Royals are at that spot now where they are habitual line steppers. <laughs> the Cubs are at that spot where they're like, should we step over the line? And so far, I don't. They're they're kind of right there, you know. And they could the next time the voting comes out, they could have taken a step over the line. We'll see. Well, I also, I also feel like some of it has to do with how you view the All Star Game. So if you view it as an opportunity for the league to showcase the best talent in the game, or if you want to reward the guys having the best first halves, the Cubs are kind of straddling straddling the line of both there, right? Because like. You can make the case that Nolan Arenado right now is having a better season than Chris Bryant, but Chris Bryant is also that he fits the first the 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 first build. He's the talented young guy who is clearly the future of the league. I mean Arenado is too, I guess, so maybe that's a bad comparison. But in in the case of like some of those guys on the Cubs, it's just that they're super young and talented and, and so I could see how you could overlook I don't know, some random outfielder having a fluky year. 
I mean, personally, I kind of think it should just go to the guy having the best first half, and if that leads to like a weird all-star selection, uh, if a guy like Brian Lahare makes the all-star team once, good for him. You know, I'm not I'm not bothered by that because there's going to be enough star power in the game no matter what. DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, exactly. Like that that doesn't bother me because I'm still going to see uh, Clayton Kershaw, Giancarlo Stanton. Well, maybe not this year, man. Well, yeah, maybe not this year, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see enough talent. I'm gonna be satisfied. All right. Well, I think we'll we'll, we'll obviously keep talking about this because they put out they put out the results every week or so, and uh, just to get, keep us talking about it. So we'll, we'll keep talking about it. You can you can you can get at our mentions if you want to be outraged about whatever. So uh, feel free to do that. Can I tell you what I'm outraged about? Yeah. The player with the most Papa Slams isn't even going to make the All-Star team. <laughs> oh, Papa Slams. No, I have no idea if that's true, but I just wanted to work Papa Slams oh, in. Let's, uh, let's get to a serious baseball interview. How about that? <laughs> let's do we it. Don't, we don't do a ton of serious baseball interviews, but I feel like our, our interview with Mark Melanson was pretty, like, it was pretty good. Like, there wasn't too much, like, tomfoolery and shenanigans. No, and I think he was into that. He, um, you know, the Pirates have been known for kind of embracing advanced stats the last couple years, and it seems like... Some of that's at least extended to, well, at least one of their players, because Melanson seemed to be pretty knowledgeable and into that type of thing. And we talked to him about, you know, what what sort of the, the changing idea of, like, what a closer's role is and, and you know, saves matter and, and those kind of things. And uh, I, I've tried to impress him with the fact that I picked the Cubs to win the World Series. I mean, the Cubs, sorry, the, the Pirates. The Pirates. I, I didn't He would the not Cubs, have been actually. impressed. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I was like, dude, I picked the Pirates. So... Just, just really, just trying to get on his good side, man. Just, you know, trying to, trying to jump on the bandwagon. So let's, uh, let's talk to Mark Melanson. We'll be back. This is the Stupod. Welcome back to the Stew Pod on Yahoo Sports. Mike Oz and Chris Swick here with you. I uh, have the pleasure today to be joined by Pirates closer Mark Melanson, who is uh, tied for second in saves in MLB right now on uh, one of the one of the best teams uh, in baseball the last few years. So lots to talk about with him. Mark, I want to lead us off. Uh, I, I, I picked the Pirates to win the World Series this year. Um, I know you know a lot of people picked the Cubs. I, I was trying to go against the grain a little bit, pick the Pirates. I want the insider info. Uh, is it going to happen? <laughs> um, I'd like to say yes, but right. uh, we'll, you know, I, I don't want to give any insider info away. So <laughs> I know I know you're biased, yeah. but I appreciate it. <laughs> no, oh. uh, we got a great team, obviously, and um, you know, very athletic, and, uh, a lot of bright things ahead of us. Mark, the last few seasons have been pretty great for you guys as, as far as uh, success in the regular season. You've made the postseason the last three years. But the last two have been some tough exits. Uh, you can say, you know, maybe the Pirates were a little unfortunate. They ran into some great pitching, pitching performances in those games. Uh, does that take away from that experience at all, being getting to the postseason but then only playing one game? I mean, does that frustrate you? You know, that's just the, the way it is. I mean, um, honestly, those games are the most... I, I think they're so much fun to play in because it's like Game 7 of the World Series. And obviously, it's very disappointing when you lose, but the hype before the game and the excitement and the atmosphere is as good as any game you'll ever play in. 
And, um, you know, we just, yeah, I mean, we ran in a good pitching, but you gotta, you know, win, you gotta beat the best. So, um, that's just the way the wild card works. You guys are, are in just a, a tough division, and you know it. I mean, the NL Central has just been a, a battle the last few years. Does, does that make it? Are you guys more alert in May and you know in June, like that? Hey, you know every every game matters, especially in this division. Yeah, that's one thing that our experience the last three years has given us kind of insight to. Is that that game in April, May makes as much, uh, you know. It's as big of a deal as the, as the one in September. So um, they all count for the same amount, and it's important to to sneak those those few in early on, so that later on it, it makes makes up for um, anything that you would have lost. You know, uh, one of the people within the organization that. Um, gets talked about a lot is your pitching coach Ray Searage. He's done a really great job with a lot of pitchers on the team. Um, what sets him apart? What makes him a good pitching coach in your mind? Ray is just awesome. He's so positive, encouraging, and um, you know he keeps it real. He understands how hard this game is, so he's he's uh, he's realistic with things. And um, like I said, he's so encouraging and uplifting. And, and, uh, you know, he communicates, he cares, it's genuine. It's, um, you know, he really has our back and we feel that there's a trust factor there. And that's all easy, easy to say, but, um, surprisingly, not every, not every pitch coach does that. The other thing that the Pirates have, have done over the last few seasons, or I guess have become known for is, uh, using advanced stats and doing all these defensive shifts. And I'm wondering how much you as a player buy into that stuff, or, or do you get into the advanced stats, or do you not really care as much? I, I really I really like it. I enjoy it. I, I like learning about how it's done. And, um, I think that's why we have stood out as an organization, because the communication between the players and the advanced uh, stat guys have, have communicated. And, you know, we've, we've tried to uh, mix the, the baseball, the old baseball way and the, and the on-field situations with the saber metrics and uh, blended those together so that, you know, on paper sometimes it looks better than it, than it is and vice versa. So uh, I'll put those two things together really Help to make this whole new shift and sabermetrics world work. Mark, the Pirates have, have you know, definitely turned around the organization in the last few years, and that's about the time that you got there. Um, you know, we hear so much about how tough it is for for small market teams to succeed, but the Pirates have you know kind of found their own formula. It seems like. What is it about the organization you think that that really kind of sets them apart from other teams that are in that position? Well, it starts from the top with Neil Huntington and his experience. And, um, you know, he's, he's been magical in many ways. Um, I think the quality of, of person they take into account and then that chemistry is built, um, you know, obviously with, with talent. And, uh, and, then, and then the guys 
that are on the borders uh, with, with some saving metrics guys and you know all the front office staff have really blended well together with the players and the communication is key with Clint Hurdle. He's tremendous. I'm a tremendous communicator and, and a genuine person. And uh, you know, it's it's all about the trust. And uh, this organization really has a lot of that. And it allows guys to play freely and and um, use use 100% of their talent, not worry about the peripherals. Uh. Mark, I'm glad that we have a closer on the program. I think you might be the first closer we've had. And uh, I'm excited about it because I'm hoping you can settle this kind of age-old debate. Um, you know, people always say, or I guess the common belief is, closers struggle in non-save situations for whatever reason. Do you buy into that at all? You know, there's a, there's a factor to it, um just because you get amped up for those situations. You're, the game's always on the line when you go in. And then, um, you know, mentally when you're not in, in a game that you feel like is on the line, so to speak, it's, uh, it's a different feeling. You're just used to that situation where every pitch is so important. And if you're in there with a six-run lead, or, you know, by you know, whatever the situation may be where it's not a safe situation, it's just you don't get amped as much. So it's a mental thing. You have to block that out. You have to take the approach that, uh, you know, it's a two-run ball game and um, every pitch still counts. And it, It's really a game amongst a game, a mental game, you know. So, uh, yeah, I can see where that's true and I understand it. But that's where you have to fight that much more to battle that game within a game. I think going along with maybe some of the advanced stat stuff and closing, um, there's been a, kind of a movement where people have maybe downplayed saves around the game as far as a stat. I mean, they can recognize that you're an exceptional relief pitcher regardless of saves, but I think the sentiment among players is that um, it still matters. It, does, does the save statistic matter to you a ton, or are you able to, to put that aside for some other stuff? Um, I, I think, um, you know, ultimately it's about wins. So if you can help your team win, then I think that's the most important thing. So uh, stats are, are what they are, and... Um, I think there's something to be said about a save because the situation that it is, um, there's no doubt that there's, there's guys that can handle that situation and guys that can't. Um, but, you know, guys that, that come in in the middle of an inning and, and in the sixth inning and base is loaded, that's a, that's a heck of a situation too. So, Ultimately, if you're helping your team win, then you're a valuable asset. Yeah, I guess uh, you know. Building off that, how much do how much does having set bullpen rolls matter to to pitchers like you? I mean, you know, if it's the ninth inning, you're going to get in there, but another guy on the team might pitch in the sixth or the fifth or the eighth. Um, how much does that matter, and how much does that kind of mess with your preparation? 
I think it matters a lot because it's a long season. It's 182 games. Uh, if you don't have uh, preparation or you can't allow your mind to to get into a routine, it's, it's it can be really challenging. Um, think of the stress level that, that we're in down there if you don't have any idea when you're going in. So I think roles are huge. Um, I think it's important that that you have a staff that allows you to, to get into a role. And, you know, some some coaches and managers don't really understand that because uh, they, they weren't down there in it when they played or, or whatever. But uh, there's some comfort in knowing what you're doing, and I think that's why we've been successful as a whole in the last four years. Hey Mark, we'll, uh, we we appreciate the time. We'll let you we'll let you go. And and if if it does happen, if the Pirates win the World Series, you get that save. Just remember to to give us a shout out at Stupod because we, we were uh, me at least. I don't know about Chris. I was I was pulling for you guys since the beginning. <laughs> All right, I'll do that. I hope you guys are right. <laughs> I'll talk. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for your time. We are back on the stew pod. It is time for my favorite portion of the week. Another installment of Three Strikes with my man, Bad News Ramen, who is the Lord Tariq to my Peter Guns. What's up? I like, uh, I like that song. That was a good song. Uptown, Uptown yeah. Anthem, right? With the Steely Dan sample? Yeah. 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 yeah well, because I like Steely Dan, and that's kind of like a quiet little thing that people don't know about me, but I'm a, I'm a huge Steely Dan fan. Good, good beats, but they're they're kind of like uh, they're kind of like Lord Tariq and Peter Guns, right? Good beats, but no, no, no lyrics. And there's like this one Steely Dan song where the, where this guy's like talking about how like they're not going to take him alive, and like he's going to go down like shooting guns and stuff, and you know the cops are out to get him. I'm like, dude, you do know you like sing for Steely Dan, right? And I'm like, you're not, <laughs> you're not hard. It's not, it's not hardly Dan. It's Steely Dan. <laughs> but hey, it could be the steel, right? You got you got to be tough with the steel, right? So you never know. <laughs> yeah, man, you got you got to be handy with the steel. You know what I mean? You got to be hell- handy. You got to be handy with the Steely Dan. <laughs> never taking you alive. Let's do, right. the, let's do the three strikes, man. What's strike number one? Strike number one is uh, let's go ahead and talk about Barry Bonds. Um, he's kind your, of the uh, white elephant of this uh, podcast because I know you guys probably talked about him before, but we, we didn't uh, actually. Oh, you we, haven't talked. No, we haven't oh, talked about look Bonds. at the, well, looky, looky what we have here. Um, Steely Dan. Um, so he kind of came out and said that you know he was a. Well, I think the you might have to help me with the proper term, but he was like a. Uh, oh, he was a stupid dumbass. That, that's what he said, right? <laughs> Is that what he said? I I, I know he said stupid. I don't know if he said dumbass. I think he I think he I think you have to look that up. I think we have to you know contact Swick and see if uh, maybe he can Swick can pop in real fast and and spout his wisdom. But I think he called himself a dumbass and that he was the first to admit it. But um, seeing how uh, he really wasn't the first because I've admitted it a long time ago and so is everybody else. But uh, kind of there's some interesting stuff in there. I mean, we know why he's doing this. He's doing this because he kind of wants to be in the Hall of Fame. He want to get he wants to get the accolades that uh, he feels that he justly deserves. Um, Fix his image up a little bit. And yes, he did say he was a dumbass, and he said I was straight stupid. Are you are you swick right now? Or no, oh, I just, yeah, okay. I just, look, I just looked it up while you were talking. Because if 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 you were swick, there'd be like this kind of uncomfortable pause, like there is right now. There we go. Um, so. 
but I, I understand why he's doing it. Um, I mean, Barry Bonds always kind of reminds me of kind of like this spoiled little kid, um, which is well chronicled that he is. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting things that he said. And, and one of them was like, you know, cause he says like, you know, you know, his image has suffered and he didn't get like the endorsements that he did. So that's kind of like, you want, you want to spice up your image or, or make your image look good, but then you start talking about money. Uh, that's a surefire way to kind of put your image right back down to where the low levels that it is now. Uh, but the other one too, is that he was saying that, you know, like he kind of ran with being like a, you know, being a jerk and he's kind of used a different word that I don't want to say on the podcast, but, uh, even like his teammates, like, you know, so he went, he was trying to be a, the new and improved nice Barry bonds. And he went through like an over 21 slump and his teammates said like, Oh no, we want the old Barry bonds. So I, I guess that was, that's what kind of fueled the guy, right? Like he had to be a jerk to be a really good baseball player. And, I think I should pr- start doing that in my own life. Like, Cause I, I kind of think of like you, like, why am I such a jerk to you? It's like, well, and I'm talking to you, of course, my God's like, why am I so mean to you? It's like, well, cause I think it makes me like a better podcaster. Right. So, uh, whenever I'm not being a, a, you know, a good podcaster, which will probably never happen, uh, seeing how I'm starting to talk a little bit slower and I'm not stumbling and fumbling my words as much. There you go. Um, I am, am I still am? So I got to be mean to you. No, right? I said, I said, there you go. That's oh, good. okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but if that ever starts happening again, you know, I, I think you just need to go like, you know what, I want the old bad news ramen and then I can put you down some more. <laughs> I will I will keep that in mind in case in case we need to get there. What's strike two? Uh strike two. What is strike two? Oh yeah, so strike two is uh Felix Hernandez. And he got he uh landed a stint on the DL because he was celebrating a home run that he didn't hit, but one of his teammates hit. Yeah. And uh he strained his I guess like his right calf or something like that, so he's on the DL. And uh you know, it's it's not as bad as like, you know, being out by sneezing like Sammy Sosa did, but um, you, you got to give Felix Hernandez a little bit of a, a little bit of a break on this, right? I mean, this guy's won like a Cy Young, being like eleven and twelve with like a two point six ERA. Uh, if you ever had run support with him, uh, you'd pretty much be looking at this guy as one of the. Well, he's not. He doesn't have electric stuff like say uh, Bumgarner does or Clayton Kershaw, but the guy just, especially as you get older. Especially as he get gets older, he knows how to pitch, and he's very good at doing it. Um, and, and to tell you the truth, I'm I'm trying to figure out like what what the what the celebration was like, right? Like he's like probably like jumping up and down and screaming, and then he hurts his right calf. Uh, it's not the worst uh, celebration injury that ever happened. The worst celebration injury that ever happened was um, the British Bulldog. And uh, our wrestling. Well, I, I'm just saying it's like there, there was that one. I think it was a. Uh, I think Shawn Michaels was fighting. Shawn Michaels was fighting someone, and it might have been like a member of the Hart family. It wasn't Bret Hart, but it was someone else. And uh, you had the British Bulldog with his, uh, the late British Bulldog with his wife, and it, it the action spilled out over into the ring. And um, you know, you see the British Bulldog; he's like jumping up. And first of all, this guy was like a, a mound of like muscle during that time, and to see this guy like jumping up and down and like you know whistling and and cheering and stuff was funny unto itself with his big old kind of dreadlocks that he used to have. Um, and then, like he, he just like he totally like gets hit from behind by accident. So this guy was so enthralled with the with the match that he gets hit from behind, and then he just like floors his wife at the same time. That was a major injury. Uh, I I don't think it compares to you know Felix Hernandez's injury won't compare to that. But I would really like to see the footage and, and compare the two. I like that you're able to just connect connect baseball with wrestling that easily. So props to you, man. That's that's some good stuff. Well, it, it should be watched. You know. It, I think what what did it was I mean right now Felix Hernandez you know kind of has like the Jim the Anvil Nightheart like beard so in which is kind of funny into itself it's like it's all bleached and it's like this long kind of goat that he has and I, I just want I just want Felix Hernandez one time during a press conference or when he's getting an interview just to go bah! like like the Jim the Anvil Nightheart did and and it'll, it'll be gold dude there you go 
Let's strike three. You, you didn't like that wrestling reference, huh? You're just no, like, I, I, it was good, dude, I, I don't, I don't know what you're talking. You know, Mike, you suck. Okay, now, no, I just now, now, tried, now, tried, now, now I'm a good. You podcast, ended on a good so note. Did. I let you, I let you have your good little thing there, and then we move on to the next thing, so people could be like, oh yeah, bad news, Robin knows what's up. I, I think I'm I'm like batting over two. So I'm trying, I, I, I'm trying my, to make you look good, and you're making it hard on me. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, you know, I, I don't try to do that, but I, I, I'm very. Uh, I have a low self esteem. So, <laughs> no, yeah, so let's right, go. Yeah, right. Let's, let's go. Uh, strike number three. Strike and three. Uh, this this was kind of a this could be like a a, a, poc- a whole podcast unto itself, and it would get it would get a lot of people talking. Get, and I'm being serious, like wholeheartedly being serious right now. No, it get a lot of people talking, get a lot of comments. But uh, we uh, we were able to uh, have a barbecue uh, with a bunch of our uh, coterie of ne'er do wells over Memorial Day weekend, and uh, people. And people were asking, you know, so like, you know, so it's me and you were standing there and stuff. And like, we haven't seen these people in a long time. And they all come to you. They're like, you're like the golden child, right? It's like, oh, my cause, though, you write for Yahoo Sports. You're the best. And then, and then they start talking to you. And I'm just like standing there going like, what am I, chopped liver? I'm like, hey, what the work that I do is very important. But the one thing that did kind of come up was, um, you know, talking about like how bad uh, all the bad comments that you get. Because you get a really, you get a lot of bad comments. And this goes all the way back to your Warren G days. Uh, but the one thing that you did bring up was someone asked you, like, who were the worst uh, sports fans in terms of comments? And uh, I really found it enthralling. So I'm going I'm to pass the mic over to you uh, before I spit this rhyme. But oh. go ahead and uh, that's that's the question I'm going to post to you. Cardinals I'm going to put fans, you out band, Cardinals fans. And the reason this came up is because we had friends from St. Louis who were there. They live, they live in St. Louis now. And I'm like, dude, you're, you guys, hope, hope those Cardinals fans aren't mean to you because they're mean to me. Cardinals fans, if you say anything, anything remotely – um, negative about the Cardinals, like they come for you, they come for you hard, and they have very little chill about the way they come for you. Which you know, I don't have a problem with it, man. Like none none of this stuff is serious to me. Like it's all I don't know, just internet sports stuff, and I understand people act the way they act. So I'm not really tripping. Um, I mean, I've had people, I've had people in, in in my previous job, like you know, get inappropriate about like my family and stuff. So. Um, you know, compared to that, I don't really care about Cardinals fans calling me names, but, uh, they, they are definitely number one in terms of like the people who have no problem, uh, you know, going after you and, and saying horrible things. But I will say Royals fans are, are like on the way up, you know, the, the Cardinals fans have probably been good at this for a long time. The Royals fans are sort of like the heat seekers, man. They, they are climbing the charts. Uh, the last couple of years, I think with their success, they've, they've, I think they were kind of lying to wait for a while, waiting to be good. And then when they got good, they're like, we're going to act like Cardinals fans too. And, and that's kind of seemed like, like what they're doing. So they're, they're like waiting for the people to leave. They have a few tricks up their sleeve, right? I, well, you know, actually, I, I, you wanted to go hip hop on it. I was going to, I was going to go <laughs> wrestling on it and say, they're like, they're like that guy just kind of waiting for his main event shot, you know, like just kind of, yeah. you know, they're, they're like edge or one of those kind of guys. They're just kind of well, there for a while, there for a while. And then they are trying to make the most of their, their chance. I don't I don't know a lot of things really well, but wrestling and hip hop is is one of them. Um, even, I mean, it's so way. bad I don't, I don't even call I don't call it hip hop. I call it rap. Mm-hmm. Star Wars maybe, but um, here that's what I mean. So out of the, all that things that you just said, which was which was very uh, very interesting by the way, even though you're, you're not as good of a podcaster as I am. Um, <laughs> it, it, you said the you, you said you said like the Cardinals fans aren't aren't good. And and then you said something else right after it, so they're going to take that Cardinals fans aren't good, and it's it's going to it's going to go wild, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's like right. kind of like the same thing with like the Kansas City Royals too. Like uh, there was a story uh, posted on uh, on your site about 
how a Kipnis ran into a ketchup guy or whatever in Milwaukee. And so <laughs> there's like two comments and one of them was from a Royals fan going like, you guys never wrote it right about the Kansas city Royals. So from now on, you should just be like, you know, have a headline that says Kansas city Royals won and then just have like word <laughs> or like <laughs> Kansas city loses. And then in the, in the context of the story, just write bummer. So, I mean, or, that's, or, you know, or write the whole post. And then at the end of it, just be like, and another news, the Kansas city Royals won today. Great. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think you know I'm trying to get a job with Yahoo. Actually, I'm not trying to get a job with Yahoo. I'm just trying to get money. But you know, I could do that. You know, for a fee, I, I could follow the Kansas City Royals and just like you know write one word things on, on the state of the Kansas City Royals. Um, and that's like kind of the other thing too is like, dude, I'm like, you guys just won the World Series. Like, just shut up, be happy, right? It's like learn how to win. And it's like the same thing with the with the with the Cardinals is like, what's your deficiency in terms of your uh, in terms of your confidence level of your team? that you feel you have to defend them all the time. It's like, you guys are seen as like the best baseball run organization uh, for the past, like 20 years. And you have problems with everybody. Uh, the Royals just won the world series and you have problems with everybody. Uh, why don't you come, why don't you come on my side with like the Yankees where the Yankees are hated? Uh, you know, I, I almost can, you mean you can't even go to a, to a Oakland A's game without me starting to get, you know, without some guy wanting to fight me because I'm wearing an Oakland A's or a, not an Oakland A's hat, but a Yankees hat. And I'll tell you this right now. Like when that guy got on my face, because I was wearing a Yankee, a Yankees hat, man, you took tail. You ran up those stairs so fast, dude. I mean, like you could have, you could have been an Olympic like runner. You ran up those stairs so fast. <laughs> Going to be no runner ever. <laughs> That's but, it. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's interesting. I mean the internet, I think makes makes these makes these questions uh, a lot different than I think than they used to be when it was more just like what you're saying, like what who you what you see from people out and about at the at the at the, at the game or whatever. Now they just all come to your inbox and then they just say horrible things and. I mean, some of these people literally have no chill. Like some of these Cardinals fans, there's there's a couple of them who you know write me from their work emails, and I, I see like you know their signatures of like where they work, and like some of these people are like you know executive vice presidents at wherever they work, and I'm like, yo, this is what you're doing in your work time, like calling me names. Like, I mean, I guess that's good for you, but I don't know. Well, that, you should, that, have, you should what, have you should have better things to do. That's where I come in, and you know we can extort the heck out of them, dude, and, and we'll <laughs> never have to work again. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. But I appreciate the idea. I will. I will. I'll be the fall guy. All right. I'll be your. I'll be your. I'll be your Lee Majors. <laughs> you, don't even, uh, you don't even. You don't even know who Lee Majors is, bro. I know who Lee Majors is. <laughs> he the was one the from, fall guy. The man. one from the, the Bush guy. Babies. Oh no, that was, that was a pop reference for you. Yeah. There was a guy named Lee Majors in the Bush Babies. Yeah, I I, I didn't follow the Bush Babies that much. Yeah. So be, songs, be, before before we digress and we, we start and it becomes like a Chris Wick in terms of like what music is is popping right now and uh, his only answer is Kanye West. Let, let's finish this segment. All right. This has been Three Strikes. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back with more Stupod. We are back on the Stupod. Mike Oz and Chris Flick here with you. Uh, we have reached our important questions portion of the show, which this week, Chris, we're just going to talk about Guy Fieri because Sounds great. Um, I'm ready. You... Uh, let's start with this. Do you actually like Guy Fieri? Or I don't know. I, a... I really don't know anymore. It's I definitely have an unhealthy obsession with him, and I feel like we should we could just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I, I still can't tell whether it's like I actually like Guy Fieri or I'm g- joking around on the internet. But so I went I, to. I uh... think it's a little bit of both now. Honestly, <laughs> it's become both. 
I, I went to a uh, one of his one of his restaurants, Johnny Garlic's. I was out in the Bay Area, and so and very similar thing. Like my wife and I have kind of joked about going there to be like, I wonder what this guy Fieri restaurant's like, right? right? Yes. And like I wasn't going to do that when I was in New York City and go to like his crazy thing there, but I'm like, oh, we can we we don't know where to go eat right now with the kids and like that guy Fieri place. Let's just go there. It's right off three way. It's easy. Um, probably won't be crowded, you know that kind of thing. So so we go there and and it's like. A certain level of curiosity, but then like a certain level of like, ah, well, you know, let's just go see what this is like. Right. And first thing, first thing I'll say, um, part of one of the reasons there was just so that I could text you pictures. The fact that I was there. Yes, I mean, I, just, I got you know, like four or five pictures yeah. from you. I mean, that, that was part of it. Like, let's go so we can so we can t- <laughs> so we can bug Chris about it because you've never been to a guy restaurant, right? No, but okay. I I'll probably be going next month. Yeah. Well, I beat you to it. Sorry, you did. You did. Sorry to rain on your parade. Um, but I'll, one thing I'll say, I was surprised. It was actually like much cooler in there than I thought. Like it was like in a kind of nice, nice and hip, and everybody was cool. And uh, the, you know, the menu items were ridiculous in some cases. But uh, yeah. I don't spend too much time on that. Although, well, you sent me a picture of a certain menu item, and you never told me if you ordered it or not. So I'm, I'm looking well, forward to I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go that. But there was also like stuff in the descriptions, like whatever, whatever, whatever. Hit with. This and then like <laughs> some, some yeah, like some jackass guy, sauce, guy right? lingo in there, donkey sauce. Yeah. I did get some donkey sauce, by the way. Nice, uh, but you know, so there's there's definitely like these weird concoctions that almost seemed like a um, like a Mad Lib at some point. Like it was just sort of like which ingredient this and which ingredient that. Like oh, you put those together. Okay, cool guy. That that sounds fun. Um, but I will say, like overall, it was a very positive dining experience. Uh, what what I want to bring to you though is, is this, Chris. There there were a number of baseball references throughout that place. See, I'm shocked by this. His the logo of it looked like a home plate, which I mean, it looked not quite like home plate, but I mean, I don't know. It looked a little little longer than like a home plate looks, but it looks like a home plate. He had a baseball cut top sirloin on the menu. Right, and that's which, the picture you sent me. Which I did not get because I'm, okay. I, I don't, I'm not going to – I don't know. I, I, wanted, I wanted something with like a little more – I wanted something with donkey sauce basically. Yep. Um, but the kids' menu, because I got kids and they eat off the kids' menu, the kids' menu had all this baseball stuff on it. So this is what I want to do for our important questions, Chris. It, all right. It, it, had a number, it had a number of like baseball, you know, like word searches and little things you could color. And it had all these baseball riddles. And they're like baseball and food, like riddles and jokes and stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give them to you and see if you can get them. Oh, this is amazing! Right? Yeah. Okay. All right, because this this is what my five year old. I mean, he this is his his menu that I'm looking at now. I, I just took pictures of it. And I, as this happened, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna we're totally gonna put this stuff on the podcast. So excellent! I'm excited. Chris, what do baseball and cupcakes have in common? Something. Of- Something about a batter. Bat, just batter. Batter was the correct answer. Oh, all right. Okay. There you go. Why did the base runner go to jail? For stealing? He stole second base. Yeah, okay. That's pretty good, pretty good. You, you, you're, right, you're right in tune with the Guy Fieri kids menu, Chris. I'm gonna of give course, you of course. Uh, why did the cop go to the baseball game? Uh... Oh, I don't know. I don't know this one. It's not coming to me. Uh, That's funny because it's like the exact same answer. Someone stole second base. Oh, like those are literally right next to each other in the menu too. Don't be, don't recycle. Come on, guy. Um, Let's see. Why did the baseball fan have shoes on his house? 
Uh, this is probably the best one. See a home run. He wanted to make his home run. Nice. Yeah. You did pretty well on that, Chris. I'm hey. Proud of, I'm proud of you. Well, that's what happens when all you do is watch Guy Fieri programs. <laughs> Chris, you've, you've conquered the Guy Fieri kids menu. This feels good. I will say, for, for people who have kids and are listening to this podcast and are intrigued by Guy Fieri restaurants and who live near a Johnny Garlic's, which I realize is a lot of boxes I just asked you to check, the Guy Fieri kids menu was, was actually quite good. I mean, in terms of like, there was a lot of options. And uh, my, my my children seem to enjoy all the options, and you know, they did okay. But there was like I don't know, fifteen different sides you could pick from. That 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 that's nice. I know yeah, this doesn't matter to you, but these things matter to me, man. Doesn't shock me. Yeah. Doesn't shock me. Yeah. But yeah, I'll I'm uh, I think I'll be going next month. Uh, my wife's running a half marathon in that area. Okay. Uh, you should donate to it, people listening, and. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I think I'm I'm having the same sort of uh I don't know what you want to call it. I crisis is is too uh it's too drastic about ordering whether I want to order something that sounds good or whether I want to order the most ridiculous thing and get like donkey sauce or play into my brand and get a baseball sor- sirloin. Dude, you can get alligator maybe. <laughs> Yeah, right. He had that. You sent a picture of uh, the hunter's menu. Yeah, we just weird game. Johnny Garlic's tradition of exotic game from Mother Nature's Mother Nature's Wild Kingdom, which I was shocked about. I was shocked that he did that in the middle of the Bay Area too, where like, I, mean, I don't know. There's not really a place where you're out there hunting wild boar. Is, is alligator indigenous to the Bay Area? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know so. about that. I don't think yeah, so. ostrich. You gonna go go kill some ostrich guy? True. I hope guy is actually out there like hunting this stuff down because. <laughs> Like that'd be his next show, Guy Fieri, big game guys, hunter. Guys, big hunt. Yeah, see there you go. <laughs> oh man, we got We got We have to track down Guy Fieri and and get him to come and and talk to us about all this stuff because, like, there is a legitimate, like, there was a legitimate good amount of baseball stuff in his restaurant, and I'm like, well, yeah, this, man, you have me really intrigued, and I I know I've seen him at a bunch of Warriors games, so I have was, to. Assume, yeah, he was just there at Game Seven, right? Right. So I have to assume like. He's going to Giants games at some point. The, uh, the that, that's your that's your area. You got to get down there and talk to Guy Fieri. The 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 restaurant the one we went to is in is in Dublin, California, which um, not a, not a huge city that a lot of people know, but it, it's not that far from like Oakland and, and San Francisco, and that area is generally a little nicer. So I, I know, for instance, that a lot of a lot of uh, baseball players live out there. So I wonder if. You know, I don't know. Like, who who would go eat there? Like, not Hunter Pence, right? But, like, Brandon Crawford? Would Brandon uh, see, Crawford I, go eat at I Johnny was, Garlic's? I was going to go straight with Hunter Pence. No, he wouldn't. He's just goofy enough. They didn't have any kale, like... Okay. Kale, that's you know, so. that's fair. Uh, he lives in San Francisco, so we know he, he you know, rides a scooter around. He's not, like, a, a live-out-in-the-valley. like the, That's where, like, where all the... Uh, like, you can get, like, a really big house out there, you know, out, like... In the Brentwood area, and like out where John Madden lives, and all that kind of stuff, which you don't you don't live in California, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't people know. Uh, you know, a lot of people live out there. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's baseball players who would probably go eat at Johnny Garlic's. Definitely. Like like Brett Lowry would go. Brett Lowry when he played for the A's, I'm sure went there. Hell yeah, had to right. Of course. So, yeah, yeah. I have to find Brett Lowry and ask him. All right, I think we spent enough time talking about this this interesting cross section of Guy Fieri baseball and and food so 
I think that that just sets up Guy Fieri being on the stew pod at some point. You would freak we, out, man. We've done we've done the work. We've connected the dots. Now we just have to get them. You you that would be the highlight of your professional life, I think. Uh, I don't I don't know if I want to admit to that, but you might be right. <laughs> if you've liked this particular episode of the Stew Pod, which I don't know, man, I think this is a pretty good one. You should go and and do something, right, Chris? You should. And before you do that, the highlight of my professional career is talking to you once a week for the Stew Pod. <laughs> but but if you enjoy. Uh, me being happy and talking to Mike once a week, you should rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, it's pretty easy to do. Just open up your iTunes app, type in StuPod in the search bar, hopefully give us five stars, maybe leave us a comment. Uh, I think it's helpful to us if, uh, if we're doing well. I'm sure it helps numbers-wise in some way, and that's always a good thing in my mind. So We like the positive reinforcement. Right, exactly. So please help us out. And, Drop, and uh, it'll help get Guy Fieri on the show. Well, it might. So, well, we I mean, if we get, if we have like 10, 10 comments that say this podcast is great, but you know what would make it better, Guy Fieri. Right, we can use that. We, we can definitely use that to get him here. So, please do that. Rate and review us. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Mark Melanson for joining us. Thanks to Bad News Ramen. Thanks to Guy Fieri for the inspiration. And uh, <laughs> thanks to Chris Swick for I don't know, just bringing all this Guy Fieriness into our into our world every week. Bye. I love it. Bye, everyone.